great guest this week, Chris Nisetta, CEO of Hilton. It's no surprise, Chris is very positive on the outlook for our industry. And if you know Chris, it's his energy and enthusiasm that makes him a great leader. And when he's done running Hilton, maybe he'll run our country. Big thanks to everybody for their questions. We've got a ton of them, and we actually got to a few throughout. Thanks for joining. Chris, thank you for joining me uh, on this craziness that we're going through. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, as happy things to do evolve, it. as things evolve, right? Yes, so day by day, help me. I know, uh, I know, life has changed for you every day. Um, uh, but how's the world you're living in now? I'm sure you're doing conference calls, conference calls. Teague, I was, you know, this is the first Zoom call I've ever done in COVID. Yeah. I'm, I'm just learning how this technology works. I'm kidding, of course. <laughs> Teague asked me if I would do this, and I said, not one, not one more. Not one more podcast or Zoom call. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm happy to do it. I miss, I miss you. And uh, while I've seen a, a few people in the industry, honestly, I haven't seen many. And, and uh, like you, I'm sure, and, and those that uh, hopefully have a few people watching here, I think we picked hospitality for a reason. And that is we're hospitable people. You know, like I like people. I genuinely like getting out, seeing our people, seeing our owners, you know, seeing others like you in the industry, doing the conferences, including, of course, Hunter, you know, uh, one of my favorites. And this last six months of just sort of being like literally shackled to home and, and, uh, and a desk has been, has been a real challenge. But, you know, all things considered, uh, I'm doing fine. You know, the company, I think, like all of us in, the, in this uh, great industry of ours, we, we have challenges. I mean, it would be naive to to think we we don't have our challenges but i think we're we can talk about it. i think we're you know we've managed pretty well through the crisis we're still in it so we're still working awfully hard to do the right things by our ownership community and hopefully they uh, they would see that and and would agree with that and uh you know one of the you know as i'm sure many of your speakers on teague talks have talked about you know this is this is really extraordinary i've been doing this for 37 years I'm embarrassed that's where all this gray hair has come from sadly um, but you know I was thinking about you know what's you know all of the crises we've had whether you know it was the SNL crisis the 9-11 dot-com bubble burst you know the great recession I mean you live through all those things and you, you always thought gosh it'll never get worse right like particularly great recession like this has got to be the worst thing and so it's all you know like we'll have down cycles but the beta will never be like that of course well wrong again this is this is much worse so it's it's unique in the sense of its its severity you know not obviously a laughing matter it's, it's been harsh for all of us but it's unique for every one of us in 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 the sense of its personal impact i mean if we're all being really honest with one. I'll be honest. I can't speak for everybody. I'll speak for myself. It's like, it's been really extraordinarily challenging to sort of bridge the crisis that, that you might be dealing with, you know, in your work life. And all of us, certainly in this industry, no matter who you are, you, you're dealing with the, you know, with a crisis, but then all these mini crises that are then going on in your personal life, whether, you know, Teague and I were talking about, I have six daughters. So, you know, ages 17 to 27 I had two that had jobs or thought they had jobs you know and then I have you know three that are uh you know that are in college I've got one that's in high school and you know what are, are they going back to college are they not how did they finish the year exams you know all these different things you know my wife oh god god 
bless her, you know, I mean, this is, you know, all of a sudden she has all these kids that had flown the coop, come home and they're making a mess of the house and she's trying to like, it's like back to the future. And so, you know, it's just like everybody, I call it sort of COVID guy was saying to our head of HR, it's like COVID crazy. It's like, everybody's got, you know, like there is a little bit like, we're all like, I mean, we're getting out a little bit now, but I mean, for a long time, we were all sort of like shut, you know, down, quarantined and with, you know, the things that we create, that we count on for stability in life, all disrupted. And, you know, the thing, there's a thing about humans, I actually, you know, took a lot of psychology in, in uh, college, you know, we do like, you know, some forms of stability, you know, ha- you know that's why we have routines and habits and, and uh, that's why, you know, we, we, you know, families are, you know, in our homes and all those things create a level of security and you start changing all of those or many of those things at once. And it creates, it creates a, a odd sort of, uh, you know, uh, unstable environment. So we've all been, you know, thankfully it's, it's getting better. We've all sort of been dealing with that and, and, you, you know, and I think, you know, dealing with it as, as best we can. And, uh, you know, certainly from a family point of view, I think you started with how's your family. They're, they're doing great, but they're a little bit COVID crazy. You know, I mean, they, they want, they want like everybody, they sort of want their life back. Are they back to school? The ones that are in school? They yeah, everybody's, everybody's back to school uh, that is back. And then the, my little one is doing sort of a hybrid, um, you know, part, part uh, physical, part virtual for her uh, 11th grade. She's a junior in high school. But uh, listen, I, you know, it's been, you know, our industry has gone through these ups and downs and this is, this is tough and it's tough on everybody personally, for sure. I do, you know, we have more to go, but I think that we're, we're hopefully through the hardest part of this and it does, you know, feel like we're getting to a place hopefully in the fall where we're going to have some solutions to the health problem. And, and uh, I feel pretty confident of that from the people that know a lot more than I do about, you know, virology. Um, and even without it, I do think we now are getting to a place where we have enough data you know, to help inform uh, decisions and, and uh, people making judgments about the level of risk that, that, that they're prepared to take, you know, vis-a-vis the health crisis. I mean, in the beginning, you know, I'm not telling anybody anything you don't know, is there's no data. You didn't know, like, is this getting, you know, there were views that maybe it's older people or people have pre-existing conditions and, and those things, but you didn't have enough data. It was a lot of innuendo. And sadly, the political spectrum is so supercharged given the election year and so much money in that system right now that there's tons of misinformation on all sides and so you know what it does is it creates a a level of fear and the and the right answer when you're afraid is to freeze up so if you're a individual trying to make a decision on do i go outside do i travel do i go do anything if you have a high you know high degree of fear the easy answer is don't well, data helps, you know, remove some of that, particularly if the data suggests you may not be at risk. And obviously, vaccines and therapeutics and all the things that, that, that a lot of time and effort money's getting invested in where progress is being made, you know, provide a, a huge level of, of uh, um, you know, sort of removal of fear, if you will. So, I, you know, we got, we, got a, we got a tough fall ahead of us, you know, but, but I think compared to where we were, like I think about my early days in the, what I was doing in the weekends in March compared to what I'm doing now, it's an entirely different universe. Still plenty of concerns and 
issues to deal with uh, um, and things to focus on, but but you can ha you have a, at least a, a level of visibility about uh, what the future might hold. So compare go go back to your early days at Hilton in 2007 when you joined in. I mean that that's terrible timing to be joining. So you've been through this before, not to <laughs> yeah. be another crisis. But you know how's this compare to that one? I know you get that a lot, but. Yeah, it's it's what you it's what you've you've probably heard me say and uh, and and everybody has said. So I'm in violent agreement. It's a lot worse, you know. It, yeah. it is it is deeper, you know, than than that by a long stretch. I think in in uh, that decline, you know, in any one year, I think we had a you know maybe a 17, 18 percent rev part decline system wide or something like that. I mean, we're into the you're into the 50, 60 percent. I mean, it's hard to know exactly where it ends up, but depends on the third and fourth quarter, but you're, you know, you're multiples of that. And, uh, and sadly, I think, you know, while that, while that was painful and it, and it took a while to get to full recovery, you had a pretty, you didn't go down as far in the snapback, you know, to some level of, of reasonably decent operations was pretty quick. I think here, while I'm pretty, as you heard, pretty optimistic about, you know, some of what's going on and vaccines and therapeutics and just basic data that will inform people re realizing that m most people don't have a significant risk. And if they're, if they're intelligent about it, I think, you know, I think in the end, when you get, excuse me, when you get through the health issues, then, you know, you're in the middle of an economic crisis. And while there have been certainly some companies that have done really well you know the the, the covid uh, you know angels or whatever they call them you know the amazons and the pharma companies and tech broadly you know there are a lot of industries that are more like us that have been really beaten up and a lot of big business outside of the the charmed ones that have been beaten up and so when you get through the health issues not to be a downer i think you gotta you, you're in an old-fashioned sort of economic downturn that you have to work your way through um, having said that, listen, we've come a long, we got a long way to go. We've come a long way. I mean, at the bottom on a global system-wide basis, we, we got to like in April, we were at like eight or 10% um, occupancy. I mean, it's like nothing we've ever seen. We we're closed, you know, a thousand plus hotels, which we've never done in our hundred year history. Um, you know, now we're sort of trending at like 50%. So, you know, we, we would rather be at 70 plus percent but it's a heck of a lot better um, than 10. So, uh, you know, about five times better than it was and still, you know, significantly off of, of where we'd like to be. But you, as I said, you know, the fall is going to be important as we think about the leisure se season waning and the business travel season sort of taking hold. You know, we will, we will be all of us watching really carefully to see what happens. And I, I do think it'll be slow to come back just, you know, because of, the economic issues that businesses are dealing with. We need our business traveler to come back, right? That's what makes our industry work. And we we do come back. When do they? Well, come I back? think it's going to come. I think I think if you look even at second quarter data in our, in our system, they were. It was a different type of business travel. It was a little bit more business travel out of necessity related to the crisis or recovery efforts, first responders and the like. But there there was technically business travel. I think as you get into third and fourth quarter, you're definitely going to see more of it, but it's going to be, you know, it's going to be slow. And I, and I do think you, you know, you, you're going to, you're going to be transitioning. I, my own view is that leisure is going to be a little bit, um, 
heavier in the fall just because you have people not going back to work and not going back to school physically. So you can go, you can have holidays, you know, people that couldn't go to XYZ beach, you know, cause it was all booked in August can go in September, October because there'll be more availability and they can do what they have to do virtually, you know, from anywhere. So I think you'll bleed leisure into the fall. I think I, my own belief is business travel will pick up. You're seeing it, but it'll be slow. It'll be slow for the reasons I described. And then group travel, you know, I think this year, other than absolute requirements, you know, sort of very small groups related to COVID or people that just, you know, small corporate groups that have to get together for various projects and things, investments that they've made, you know, and there's some of that going on now. I think the bulk of the group business um, will not really come back this year. If you look at the booking patterns, people are booking into next year and moving canceled bookings from this year, next year, but it's really starting in Q2 with the, with the belief that, you know, they, they watch the news, they read and people say, well, there's a good chance there'll be a vaccine, but it won't be um, available at scale until probably January, February of next year. So I think people are, you know, sort of cause and effect. They hear that. And that's sort of the behavior from a booking pattern that we see. But there is a lot of booking every week that goes by. I get, you know, I get it. I get the data points on like how much are we booking in the and into what periods. And the and the booking numbers have been going up, but they are out into next year. Um, you know, largely into the second half of next year, a little bit into the second quarter. So, you know, that will always. You know, I was on with an investor today, and I was saying they were asking, well, it's going to be different. There's been a secular shift, and look at I said. Maybe I doubt it, you know, like I think the business, if I were to bet a lot of money and I am <laughs> effectively, because uh, I got most of my net worth in this company. So I'm betting a lot of it. Um, I think when you wake up in two or three years that the demand patterns will look a lot like they did in 18 and 19. And yeah, there'll be some substitution effect for certain types of business travel. Group meetings will turn into more hybrid, some physical, some virtual. But, but reality is, you know, some things will get replaced with other things that we haven't thought of. And, and just like they always do through my, you know, three plus decades of doing this. And I think demand patterns, you know, will, will, will look a lot like they did. Having said that, it'll take time to build those back and, you know, leisure will be first business uh, transient second and group um, last but not least. And, and what I was saying to this investor was that's the way it's always been. I mean, this is more severe, but the reality is, Every cycle, I remember that's what, you know, leisure's always more resilient business, you know, group is always the hardest. It's the, it lags on the decline because people don't cancel their bookings. This is a little bit different in that regard because of the health element of this. But, you know, the, 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 by and large, the, the pattern is similar. The severity um, is more, is more extreme. And, and, and going back to the original question, sort of where, you know, where we are compared to where we were in the Great Recession, it's, you know, it's, it's more severe, but, you know, the, the overall trends, you know, in terms of impact to the segments is, uh, is similar. And again, I think it'll take a little longer to get back, but, um, but I think we will. And I think it'll be similar in that regard, too, in the sense that we will get back to prior demand levels and we will ultimately exceed them like we have for the, every down cycle in the last hundred years. What, what are you hearing from the, dare I say, the boots on the ground from your franchisees? What are you hearing from that source? Um, lots of different things. I mean, obviously, you know, I grew up in that 
part of the business, you know, and, uh, you know, in my formative years, you know, both because my family was, you know, that's how I got started was my family, you know, was in the, in the investing side on the ownership side of hotel real estate, as well as a bunch of other stuff. But I was more focused in that arena. And then at host, you know, ultimately running host and building host into the biggest public player in that space. So, you know, I, I have a lot of uh, uh, experience, but a lot, you know, a lot of interest in that. And the reality is our, you know, our franchise community ownership community is the engine of our, opportunity in every regard nothing we do is possible without them and so you know what i'm hearing from them is what you're hearing from them is what they're you know they're suffering you know some more than others you know if you're like our you know i won't pick on them if you're more urban in orientation you know your big box urban player it's devastating in the sense that many of your hotels still aren't open and many of them won't open for quite some time just because you know there's you know when you put the combination of COVID and, and people wanting to get away from dense, you know, density. Uh, and then you put on top of that, the, the race tensions that we have in the country that are causing violence in a number of our major cities, that is not good for big city hotels. The combination of those two things is absolutely toxic. So, you know, those owners are, are suffering, but all owners are suffering. You know, most uh, other than the big cities are open. And I think, you know, they're building their, their way back, but they have, we have a long way to go. And I will say there's nothing I have spent more time on for all the right reasons throughout the crisis than, you know, doing what, what we can do at every turn to help our owner community. The fact is, you know, we set ourselves up pretty darn well financially in terms of what we had done with our balance sheet coming into this and credit capacity. And it wasn't because I, you know, I was so smart to know COVID was coming, but the reality is, and I, I wasn't shy about saying it, we were, you know, my view, we were at the end of a business cycle. I didn't know what the, what the cause of the decline would be. I just knew that 12 years is a long time in all of my, you know, and, and they don't go on much longer than that. And so my, my view with our board had been like, we should be ready for that. I didn't think it would be like a, a black swan event, but I thought there'd be a down cycle and we should be ready. We should have credit capacity and all these things. We shouldn't have maturities and all that fun stuff. So we did all that over the last two or three years. And, and we were in a re really good position vis-a-vis uh, -vis credit and the like and, and lack of maturities. So that while, yes, we had to pay attention to what we were doing or, you know, we're not, you know, we're, if, we, if we don't take care of ourselves, we're of no good to anybody. But that didn't, in the end, take a lot of time. It was very, we could do it very swiftly because we were set up for it. So the bulk of my time and our time has been spent thinking about and working with our owner community on how do we help them. And so it's been, as you, I know, have heard, it's been about massive flexibility on, on everything in the short term, you know, really at least through the end of this year, because um, we have to, because they're operating under unbelievable uh, strain and customers are willing to accept sort of a different experience now because everybody knows the world is upside down. It's been working legislatively, you know, I've, you know, been to the White House four times, you know, was very, very involved in the early days on PPP, you know, and a, and a whole bunch of other elements of what's been in the first three CARES packages with, a, with an effort to help make sure we're taking care of frontline team members, we're taking care of owners, providing bridge, bridges to liquidity, ultimately, hopefully, 
or, you know, we'll figure out who's going to be present, but hopefully a stimulus bill, like that we can actually get to a point where we're far enough past the health issues that we can get ways to stimulate people to get back on the road. So I've been really pounding the table on that. It's a little bit premature vis-a-vis the, the health issues. And then ultimately, probably the, the most important body of work that we have going on in the company, and certainly nothing we've spent or we'll spend more time on is, you know, a project we call the affectionately hotel of the future. And that's trying to figure out by grinding through every single of our, one of our 18 brands, every single standard for both CapEx and OpEx to figure out why, what is it? And working with our owners and our customers that drives the premiums, because that's very important coming out of this, that we continue to drive the, the highest premiums. We have a very strong family of brands but that the things that aren't necessary and that may, may over time have become less important to owners, but yet our cost either in build out uh, of the property or maintenance of the property or operating standards of the property, that, that we simplify those things, that we get rid of those things, that we create effectively the premium brands because it, it gives customers what they want, but we do it even more efficiently than we have been doing it. And so... You know, right now there's a huge amounts of flexibility, but the, but the real trick is as you get to a more normalized environment, really getting the mix right and pleasing customers, but doing it at the absolute highest margins possible for owners. So we've been in intense dialogue. You know, we have you know our owner advisory councils. We have, we have a bunch of you know special sub councils that we've put together on the hotel of the future, trying to figure this out, and we're in a daily dialogue with uh with with lots and lots of our owners to try and get that right understanding that you know it's a it, you know it's challenging for for all of us but super challenging we understand with the uh, with the owner community at the moment yeah they're really struggling and and we're hearing good things from you guys that all the help you're providing as much as you can uh who knows how long it goes what do you think all this does to development that's a big piece of you guys pipeline that's got to hit. Yeah, I mean, invariably, it's going to impact development. I mean, that'll be, you know, there's good and bad to that, right? I mean, there, the the good of it is lower, you know, lower supply additions against a lower demand environment, and will help mitigate against some of that. And as you get to recovery, it will help provide, excuse me, faster recovery and more torque on the upside. So that that's good, you know, for us, part of our Part of our story, obviously, is that we're trying to grow. We're trying to grow to um, provide opportunities for customers to have more places to stay, to enhance our network effect, to give owners opportunity to grow their businesses, give our own team, you know, opportunities for advancement and career career opportunities. Um, and so, obviously, it, you know, it, it impacts that. But I would say there's no, I mean, there's no way of looking at it other than, it, you know, development will slow, you know, both both because you have delayed everything because of what happened and then, you know, getting things started, getting things financed for a period of time um, is going to be harder. And so, you know, growth, growth rates are going to come down, but again, th- that, that is ultimately, I think, healthy for the industry. From our point of view, the, you know, the good news is we've got four fabulous brands that, that are set up for conversion opportunities and we believe we have the strongest brands in the business. And so we will lean in a world where new construction, certainly in the US, not, not so much in other parts of the world, particularly like China, new construction is picked right back up and is cranking again. It's almost back to normal. Here it will um, inevitably slow down for a period of time. 
but I think there'll be, you know, significant number of conversion opportunities that, you know, that we will pursue. Um, and we will, we will fill some of that net net. Our growth rate will be lower, but we'll, we'll fill some of that gap over the next few, few years with conversion. So it won't, I think when it's all said and done, it won't be, it won't be that much lower because of the, because of the opportunities on conversions. All right. I'll buy that. What other new verticals are you having to work on to fill some of those gaps as well? New brands? Yeah. Or new verticals of any, of any type, but sure. I know Temple from January, but I wasn't really going. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I mean, I think we, you know, with our 18 brands, I think we have everything covered that we want covered. And the last thing I think we want to do right now is have our team focused on another new brand. I think the ones that we just launched, like, you know, Motto and, and Tempo particularly, but even more recent launches like, like Canopy, we really want, you know, to give them a proper birthright and particularly go, you know, now that you're in COVID and many of those brands, not all, but many of them, you know, rely on, on new construction, they're going to slow down. So we don't, we don't need to create, we don't, we don't, we don't need another brand to, to compete with those. We think they all individually have a great swim lane and while you could argue there may be more swim lanes for us in the future, there aren't even before COVID. I, you know, I would say to you there, there really weren't any that were front and center. I'd say the one that's sort of obvious for us, but is not something we're going to work on anytime soon, would be luxury lifestyle. You know, we got luxury cover, but not luxury. Life. But the reality is, you know, how many of those are going to get done anytime soon in any event? And we got eighteen fabulous brands that are that are that are doing great and so you know someday you know way down the pike we may do something in that area but but no time soon so the idea is stick with the 18 kids we got like we got we keep those kids off the streets you know treat them right make sure they get the care and feeding that we do the right thing that they perform exceptionally well you know in a, a time like this my philosophy you know is really simple and that is do fewer things better you know, from the standpoint of, of our, you know, responsibility to the system and our responsibility to our owner community, community, which I take crazy seriously, we need to deliver for them. It's hard for us, but it's hard for them too. And our job is, is whatever demand is out there to do better than the competition and to drive the best share, to help our owners sort of create the bridge to get to the other side of this. And so, we want, you know, and I want inside this organization an intent. I don't want to be thinking about other verticals. I want an intensity of focus on doing what we do and, and doing it really, really well to deliver the absolute best results to the system and our owners that we can. So when things are back and they are normal, they remember that. And when they do want to do, when it is, when we are back in a time where, where uh, people want to do new things, that, that they want to do those new things with us. But for now, it's really back to basics and, and grind and grind as we're recovering, just grind it out, do everything we can to drive, drive revenues into the system. What do you, what do you see as the trajectory of that recovery? What's it looking like? I mean, the fall is going to be, we're all watching it, but it may be tough. Winter is going to be brutal. Uh, then we're gonna I think there are too many variables. I mean, in the sense of vaccines and things, but here, here's what I'd say. I, right. You know, I've been, by luck, probably reasonably close to right, which is I said in April that we're going to go through the summer and things are going to, you're going to get, you're going to get back to a place pretty quickly of being somewhere in the 40 to 50% occupancy range. 
Um, hopefully when you get to the fall, you're through the epicenter of the health crisis. We're not quite there yet, but you know, you can sort of see that. And then, as I said, you're going to be on, you're going to be in the middle of a economic crisis or some form of recession. And we're going to have, then have to grind our way up. So I think the form of recovery, maybe it's like a Nike swoosh. I think I won't I stole that. Kevin Jacobs came up with that as the first guy, our CFO that I heard say it, but I think maybe that's it. We've seen You've seen this nice snap, and then it's it's going to be uh, if if you look back in three years, it'll have been a uh, you know pretty uh, slow and steady recovery. Now there'll be some ups and downs. I think the fall's going to get choppy vis-a-vis this you know business travel pre-vaccine election going on, which is going to put a lot of a lot of uh, energy you know a lot of electricity into the system. I think there'll be some some ups and downs, but I think we're gonna we're gonna keep. Month by month, we're going to keep grinding up, but it'll take, you know, to get to full recovery. I, I honestly think, what do I know? I think it's sort of 22 or 23. Yeah, we think the same. What, what are you hearing from you? Again, you've been to the White House three or four times. What, anything you're hearing from, from Washington? Any help, any lifelines? I agree, stimulus. We're not there yet, but anything? No, I mean, I, I, you know, I was talking to a couple of people this morning. It's just noise right now. I, I think we're getting so close to this election that it's hard to believe anything gets done. Now, there is a chance some mini, mini packs get done. There may be enough pressure to like get some package of un, you know, unemployment insurance and PPP done, which would be great. Yeah. Um, you know, unemployment insurance, you top up, but at a lower level than the 600. And then you know, a, re, a re-up of the PPP and some flexibility. We've been pushing super crazy hard on that. We've been pushing super crazy hard on some relief on CMBS because that world is just so difficult with the special servicers. You know, I, you know, if they were going to do a big package, that may be possible in a mini pack. I don't. I hate to say it. You know, on a thing that's going to. I think it'll be very hard. But we might be able to get the PPP stuff re-up to give people second. You know, uh, be, an opportunity to go back into PPP um and have it have it refunded and have flexibility but i would say even you know i I, it's hard day by day i mean that today i think there's some chance of that tomorrow it may be gone you're getting so close to this election like the gaming that's going on of like well it looks like it went for the president or you know like it just it's it's hard to know It, it really is a bummer it didn't get done you know, or a little bit, you know, a few weeks ago before you got into the main past the conventions. Once you get past the conventions, it's blood sport. So, you know, the, the, uh, I think the odds went down materially. Um, so, and then stimulus, I do believe whoever becomes president, you know, either reelecting our existing president or new, I, I do think they're going to turn their attention. You know, we are going to naturally get past the health a crisis for a whole bunch of reasons, you know, just herd immunity, vaccine, therapeutics, you know, data, contact tracing, you know, just more testing, like the testing regime is is skyrocketing, you're going to have a saliva test within a few weeks. So all that stuff's coming together. Um, And so, you know, you know, you, you have a real, you have a real opportunity. um, I think, once you get past that for people then to focus on stimulus right now, you have the conversation, everybody says, yeah, 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 we'll get to that. Right. 
it's like literally, I, you know, I've said it to the president, Secretary Mnuchin, who I've spoken with a whole bunch throughout the crisis. Like, yeah, I get it. You know, this right now, it, this is like hand to mouth. Like we, you know, that that'll happen someday. But right now, we just we're not worried about that. We're just worried about getting to the other side. So, I think once you, I think you get into the fall, you you're, you hopefully are getting to the other side, and then people are going to start to focus where they should, which is, holy, you know what? We got to get this economy going. There's still you know, high single digit, low double digit unemployment. By the way, a lot of it's in our sector disproportionately. They get that. And I think they're going to start thinking about, all right, how do we get people on the road? When you think people, you know, when you have a narrative out there where it's, you know, whatever you believe, it is unsafe for people to be on the road. The government's not going to put a package in place to stimulate, you know, activity that they think is stupid. Right. And, and that's sort of where we are now. But I think that will pass. I hope, I hope that will pass. Yeah. I, the risk of getting political. I don't know if you have any views on who's going to win and what we're going to look like. Past that, <laughs> we'll stay away from that. I think no, we should. What do you mean? I always have opinions. I, I, I know. You know I, I won't make you say it. I won't make you say it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, there will. We'll stay right, away from I'm gonna, that. I'm gonna go I think to... it's quite. I will say this. I think it's really I'm forgetting. I mean, I'm forgetting what I want. Which I won't talk about. I think it's really close. I think it's really close. Oh, sure, yeah. And I think the and I think these debates are uh, my, unlike. I was listening to one of the pundits. I'm like a junkie. I, I l- grew up in D.C. I worked on the Hill as a kid. My father-in-law was in the Congress. Um, you know, I, you listen to the you listen to the talks on Sunday if you're a Washington, you know, Washingtonian. It's sad but true. And uh, the more you listen, like you know, you could start to think these debates are probably the most important debates in presidential history. Um, I don't know about you. I'm definitely going to get a couple big bags of popcorn and uh, I hope they do them earlier than the conventions of these, you know, too late. I get, I get up early. I can't stay up that late anymore. I'm getting get too old. old for this stuff, but uh, no, I, I, you know, it's very close. I think, I think it can legitimately go either way. And I think there are consequences both ways, you know, like anything. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll let you off that hook. That was enough. All right, so I'm going to celebrity questions. So I emailed yeah. friends and said, give me your questions. Oh, God. All right, they're, I, I'm gonna, they're, they're easy. I'm going to tell you, the first one's from Cyril Shah. We know yeah. Cyril. Uh, I do, of course. It says, uh, there's a lot of negativity in 2020, i.e. 2020 was a train wreck. Business <laughs> challenged, social unrest, significant layoffs and furloughs. Any tips on keeping your team motivated positive and client focused in a socially distanced world. Yeah. I mean, I I think as leaders, it's the obvious advice and that's stay positive. I've been a believer my whole life inherited from my father who's not just turned 90 during the COVID crisis, but is still in good spirits that the power of positive thinking um, is hard to overcome. And so while you have to be careful about not being a Pollyanna, meaning like creating, trying to create positivity where, people it's not authentic and they, and, and it's not believable um i think if if you can keep your teams not looking down at their shoes but looking out front about what the future can hold and that the future can be a lot better and in fact i i firmly believe that we talk a lot about the golden age of travel and people want more experiences than things and they want to see the world and they want to travel for leisure and business and they want to congregate all that stuff, which we think is gone forever. That's crap. Excuse my French technical term. 
It has not gone forever. All of those trends are going to resume once people can assess this risk or this risk is mitigated by virtue of vaccine. And that, that is happening and is happening soon. So yeah, it's painful. It's terrible. This has been a horrific time for the reasons I already described, both personally and professionally difficult. But the truth is, it's getting better. It's a lot better than it was. It will get back to normal. We will get our lives back. If we're really smart, all of us in running these businesses, we're going to take some licks. Okay, we're going to. All our own, everybody in this industry is. But if you're smart about it, you can build back stronger. Right? You can learn from, from what's going on. Your teams can learn. And you can wake up in two or three years when things are more normalized and you're better at what you do. You're better at serving customers. You're better at driving results than you were going into it. If I think about my career as a truth, not just me, you know, blowing smoke, I, I honed whatever skill I have, I have honed in a series of you-know-what shows, in a series of, of declines. It started out with the SNL crisis and everyone since. And if I think, I tell this to my kids all the time and young people I talk to, like, I tell them all right now, pay attention. Right now, like, do not go, I know you can't be here in the office, but stay on the grid. You're gonna learn more about yourself and about this business and what to do and what not to do to put yourself in a better position in the next six to 12 months than you ever learned in any of your academics or any other period of time in your life. Absolutely true in my, in my life. And, you know, even though I'm turning into an old curmudgeon, I'm learning too. Like, you know, like we're, we're all learning. And my attitude with our team here is build back bigger, better, stronger, you know, that we will be better at Hilton at what we do to, to drive results, to deliver for our owners. I think we were pretty good at it. We're going to be better at it when we wake up in two, two or three years and the world will get back to a sense of normalcy. It always does. So look forward do not look down or back. So, Chris, that's you, the big fatigue. That's the biggest mistake. You know, I, I, the speeches I gave going back to March to my team, where I said there's three three pillars. Like the I, you know, over 37 years, I've written a book on like how to deal with crises and recoveries, and you know, I'm going to add a few chapters, you know, as a result of COVID or rewrite a few. But the basic tenets of it remain the same. And I've given this talk to my to different parts of our team all around the world a thousand times in the last five or six months. First, protect your people, right? Like your customers, your owners, your own team. Like if you don't protect your people, you don't have a business. So flood the zone, get people out of harm's way, give them what they need to survive and protect themselves and stay, stay in good health. Second, protect your business. If you don't protect the business, you run out of money or you don't protect your owner community and they run out of money like, then you you have nothing to protect as well. The business, the business, and there's a whole bunch of things that, that go into that. And the third, my three Ps, prepare for recovery. I think one of the, you know, my own humble view, one of the biggest mistakes people make in these timeframes is you get so caught up in looking down or backwards. Like, how did this happen? Why didn't I do this? Why didn't I prepare? And, and crying in your own soup that you don't see what's happening. And that is opportunity, that things go down, what goes down comes back up. And if you're not prepared, you're not going to do well. You're going to get outmaneuvered by the competition. And so I would say starting in April, real, realistically, you know, almost all my time's on, on recovery, right? How do we fish where the fish are? How do we find whatever demand is out there? How do we do what, the right thing for our owners and getting them 
to the other side. How do we how do we create more efficiency in every one of our brands so we have higher margins when we get to the other side? You know, preparing for the inevitable recovery is a hugely important part of this process that I think gets gets lost or sort of put at the very tail end of things. And I think that's how you that's how you can wake up if you don't prepare and find yourself in a in a in a difficult place a couple of years from now. So, Chris, listen, I think that passion and leadership that you just showed, that energy, those ideas, that's why you are one of the the amazing leader that you are and one of the pillars of our industry. And if you listen to the other guys I've had on Teague Talks and you know them all, all of our friends, they are those amazing, passionate leaders as well. And when I ask- We are blessed. We are blessed with some great leaders in this industry. Indeed, we are. And when I asked Navin Damone three weeks ago, how many hotels, he's got 63 hotels, how many is he going to have- when we come out of this, his answer was more. Yeah. Well, we will would have said yeah, less. How many? We'll have more hotels. And right. when we wake up in three years, the Hilton system will be bigger. Now, a lot of it will, you know, the growth in the next years is going to be overseas. But, but that's good, too, because right. globalization, it's like, I know right now people think, oh, nobody's going to do overseas travel. It's like, that's a bunch of hooey. Right now, they're not. But when you wake up in three years, those corridors are going to be wide open again. And you know, our, our building our brands over there is critically important to our brands here because, you know, Chinese traveler will go back to being the number one outbound traveler in the world. Europeans are going to come, you know, you know the story. So, um, yeah, we will, we will be bigger and, hope, and if I am able to do what I want to do, we will be bigger, better, and our owners will be in, in, a, in a better position because of the work we do on their behalf. All right. Two more sort of celebrity questions. Yes. Rob Pileshi, your good friend and mine. I refuse. I refuse to take a question from Pileshi on the grounds that it might incriminate me. <laughs> your instincts are spot on. He used to work for you and now works for G6 for Blackstone. Wants to know why is Motel Six kicking Hilton's butt? <laughs> I, I talked to Rob last week. I can, uh, you know, listen. It's just it's a superior brand. I guess is what I'd say. It's really nice to see. Motel Six doing so well. You all know, the economy, everything's been flipped. All the economy, the low, the lower priced segments are. Just, the higher the price you go, the the worse it is. The lower the, uh, the the price point, the better it is. You see all the data, and so Rob and a bunch of others that you know in that segment are are doing well, and that's great. By the way, kidding aside, Rob's a great friend, and uh, and he's got great brands, and and a lot of those folks have great brands, and. There's a spectacular place for them. And I think, you know, intermediate long-term is a great place for us too. Our traditional traveler at the moment is not traveling very much, um, but they're not going to be quarantined forever. They're, they'll, they'll get back out. So tell Rob, uh, we'll have our revenge. Final question. <laughs> I will tell him. I'll make sure. Talk to him in the conference call with him this afternoon. Final question from Mitt. Uh, when are you, he and I getting on the golf course next? Uh, I don't, this afternoon, they, they yeah, still don't get, I think we still have time. You guys yeah. name the place. Mitt, I, you know, I'm tell Mitt, I'm getting tired of paying him money though. And so, you know, he, he complains about it. He's got to wear like this thing on his elbow. I got, I got, you know, elbow thing. And so he doesn't give me enough strokes. So I will get on the golf course as soon as Mitt will give me a fair number of strokes. So I'm on, I'm on the course. I'm going to hold you, him to you that. You tell him that. Put the, you put this on the, on the podcast. He's always got a home court advantage. He's got extra strokes. It's how he, he sets it he, makes a a he makes a living kicking my butt on the golf course, I'll tell you. But I, but I love him nonetheless. I always have fun with him. Oh, we all do. 
All right, Chris, you're a true friend. Thank you for the time. Thanks for being the leader of the industry. Keep uh, keep doing Zoom calls. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll all follow you. Well, until we can get out. Yeah, not uh, too long. We need people out traveling, staying in hotel rooms. Come see us. Come conference home. rooms. I will. Love to. All right, Thanks, pal. Chris. Great to see you're you. Good friend. Take care. So are you. Appreciate it.